Good morning, Village Fam. 
Good morning, Village Church. We have about two minutes before worship starts. We have about two minutes before we start worship. If you're in the back, come on in. Make your way to the front. One request this morning, the kids are going to be helping us with worship. So if all the kids can come to the front, to the front row, that would be great. We're going to start in about two minutes. Welcome you to the Village Church. Um, our mission is to know Jesus, enjoy Jesus, and glorify Jesus. Our vision is broken people coming together to embrace and extend Jesus' love. Scanning the QR code in the in the bulletin allows you to connect to all the information about our church, um, the giving of tithes and offerings, along with donations to the platform. All in yes, we uh, specifically invite you to scan the QR code and click on the menu item. At the Village Church. The giving of tithes and offerings is an option. You may give to the vision and mission of the church online, or you may mail a check to our address, 2102 Virginia Boulevard, Huntsville 35811. Or after the service, you may drop your offering off in the designated room. After worship, our first step for the kids' Christmas party will be happening. Please join us for that. And please note that the donation list in the bulletin needed for the first stop is. All right, good morning. Good morning. I know it looks a little different up here this morning, and that's because later on the kids are going to join us. They're going to sing and they're going to do some things. Doesn't that sound like fun? Yeah? Kids, are you excited? Yeah? Let me hear you say, oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You guys are welcome to join us in worship. This first song is Oh Come All You Faithful. You all know this one, right? Well, stand up and sing it with us, okay? 
to worship today comes from First Chronicles 18. I'll read the part that says leader and you all follow it. The part that says people. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all God. Splendor and majesty before him. Strength and joy are on your side. All right, kiddos, come on up here and, 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 and join us. You guys remember what? You guys remember your spot to stand in?
Family, what a blessing it is that we have so many children, amen, that can participate in worship. It's a wonderful thing to see children in worship, amen? Now, let's pray. Father God, we come to you humbly once again to say thank you. Thank you for being our God, and thank you for choosing us to be your people. Father, remind us that our way to you is just like little children, um, humble and lowly, meek and mild. And Father, let us not um, ever forget how beautiful it is to see our children participate in worship. Father, we're thankful for this place that we can gather together as like-minded believers um, without persecution and, and, and without pause to praise and worship and give adoration and glory to the God who is worthy of all of it. Amen. Father, we, 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 we thank you for, for this week that we have, and we thank you for all of the many blessings that you continue to give us. This and all things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Comes from the question. I'll read the question and then we can Did God leave all mankind from all eternity merely because of sleep? God chose some to have everlasting life. These freed from by a covenant of grace brought them salvation. Okay, join me in the reading of God's word. We're going to stand together. Colossians 3, 15. Find it. Colossians 3, 15. And let the peace of Christ Rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. This is the reading of God's word. Come on back up here, kiddos. You guys ready to sing George of the World? I didn't hear you. You guys ready to sing George of the World? Yeah. All right, here we go. You ready? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. Ready for the second verse? Here we go. Joy to the world, the Savior brings. Let men their songs employ. Y'all sing loud. Loud hills and floods, rocks, hills and. There we go. 
Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat, repeat the sounding joy. Now y'all can't be afraid. You got to sing real loud with us, all right? Here we go. He rules the world. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love. All right, guys, last one. It's the same as the first one. You ready? Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive our King. Let every heart prepare Him. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Good job. Again, to all of our uh, village kids for leading us, helping lead us today in worship. Thank you so much for participating with us. Thank you. If you have your Bible or your Bible out, please open it to Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. Gospel artist Todd Tribbett has a song that says, we're fighting in this deadly war. Satan tries to conquer our soul through pain, through fear, through stress, through storm. The battle rages on and on. But your promises are yes and amen. And I believe you will do what you say. My trust in you will not waver. My victory is guaranteed because you remain the same. No matter what comes my way, hallelujah, anyhow. Until my night turns to day, hallelujah, anyhow. CBC Saints, hallelujah, anyhow, is the title of this year's Advent Sermon Series. Now, what is Advent? You know what that term means. It means coming. Advent season is a time where Christians all around the world, we celebrate the, the first coming of Jesus Christ, and we look forward with great expectation to his second coming. Amen? He came. He will come again. And also this season of Advent is usually celebrated with certain symbols. You usually will have an Advent wreath and and four Advent candles, and 
one that are usually purple, and you will have one white white candle that represents Christ. And each of these Advent candles they symbolize what Jesus brings his first time. Do you know what Jesus brings? He brings peace. He brings hope. He brings love. He brings joy. So let's keep it real for a moment. Can we keep it real for a moment? We don't always experience those things, right? We don't always feel peace, hopeful, and love, and joy. Our lives are not always characterized by those things. Instead, our lives are often filled with despair and fear and apathy and sometimes misery. But am I the only one? Jesus coming here on Sunday and fake it. You know where you live, really. You know what you really struggle with. A good friend of mine, Toby Woodard, says, Christ doesn't take away your story. He changes the meaning. He gives it life. Advent is a reminder that, that Jesus gives meaning to uh, uh, meaning and life to your, your story. He he does this by by entering into your fear and your despair and your apathy and your misery, and he replaces those things with himself. In the words of an old cliche, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? And because he's the reason, we all can say hallelujah. Can you say it? Anyhow. No matter what comes our way, hallelujah, anyhow. Until Jesus turns our night into day, hallelujah, anyhow. This morning I'm going to talk about a peace that's greater than fear. A peace that's greater than all of our fear. Our focus verse is Colossians 3.15, but we're going to be looking at many other verses today as well. Here's the main point of this message. If you take notes, it's a good time to write this down. Because Jesus is our peace, we can say hallelujah anyhow in our struggles with peace. Because Jesus is our peace, we can shout saying hallelujah anyhow in our struggle with fear. But do y'all. Please pray with me. Holy Spirit, as we come to preaching of the word, as I pray each week and here, I always pray that will you please take the words that are preached by the hearts of everyone that's here, who's my heart, the hearts of those who may be tuning in online. We cannot our own strength, our own spiritual security. We cannot do this, live this life apart from your supernatural power. I don't care how smart we are. I don't care how many books we read. We cannot do this apart. Forgive us for trying. Forgive us for our self-sufficiency. Forgive us for functioning like practical atheists in a mundane of life. Forgive us for trusting more in ourselves than we trust in you. Forgive us for not living by faith, but living by sight. 
Holy Spirit, if you don't move, nothing is going to change your heart. Nothing. So you are our helper. You are the deposit that guarantees our inheritance. You are the one that lives in the supernatural. Those of us who have saving faith. So we humble ourselves. We open our hearts to you. We say, Holy Spirit, move in the places in our life that you need, that you need, that we need you to move. Bring resurrection to the dead parts of our soul. Heal the broken. Heal the wounds. Heal our trauma. Heal our ministry. Christ's wonderful name I pray. Scott teaches Latin to elementary and middle school students in Memphis, Tennessee. He also runs a, his own blog that focuses on pointing prodigal thoughts towards truth. And I read one of his posts. I want you to listen to his words. He writes, this week, I, I read a statement that really gripped me. It, it might have been a tweet or embedded amongst the blog or somewhere. I can't quite remember. But I've spent the, the past few days mulling over this statement. I've turned to the Bible passage to, to think about it more. The statement has to do with communicating the opposite of truth. Opposite of This is what the statement said. The opposite of peace is not war. For some, this might be a no-brainer. But for me, this was quite revelatory. Now, it's not to say that things are not peaceful, that war won't exist. But the reality is that war is more of a surface behavior, something seen rather than exposing the deeper things that's taking place inside. Think about it. When people are fearful, this leads to war, whether personally or nationally. If a person walks in fear, then it will easily lead to an internal battle and possibly battles with others. When a nation is fearful, it goes to war, either on the defensive or offensive. If Scott's words are true, then before the peace of Christ can rule our heart, the fear that currently rules We don't want to pull out the time. Don't fall asleep on this point. Before the priest of peace of Christ can rule in your heart, the fear that currently governs your heart has to be the has to be dethroned. Now I need to give y'all a side note before moving forward. Are you ready? Okay. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'll this sermon is not going to address fears and anxieties that's associated with mental disorders like panic disorder or OCD. So I'm not talking about those kind of fears. I'm not skilled in it. I'm going to be addressing the fears and anxieties that are common to all people, the day-to-day fears that often enslave us. So what are the day-to-day fears that control your life, your heart, and your thoughts? What are you afraid of? What are your what-if questions that keep you up at night? What are your worst-case scenarios? Are you wondering when the shoe is going to drop? That's what I want to talk about. 
please know and accept that the reality that all of us face fear some form of None of us are exempt. None of us get a pass. I don't care how old you are, you still struggle. I don't care how strong you are, how smart you are, how mature you are. Fear can still grab a hold of your heart and rob you of knowing Jesus. In his book, Running Scared, A. Welp says, Fear is speaking. We should listen. Listening to fear is like listening to background noise. At first, you think there's nothing to hear. But then you notice the wind in the trees, the birds calling for a mate, the cars passing, the plane overhead, the water heater kicking. At first, you might deny fear and their logic. But when we listen carefully and notice, they are everywhere. Be Here's everyone. It can get a hold of your heart and prevent you from experiencing There are so many fears. Fear of rejection. Fear of people. Fear of failure. Fear of loneliness. Fear of success. Fear of loss. Fear of death. Fear of lack of provision. Fear of God. Fear of pain. Fear of being criticized. Fear of gaining weight. Fear of lack of control, fear of being known, fear of you losing your American rights. The list goes on and on and on and on. Think about what your politicians They use fear to get your vote. Think about American politics. They use fear to get your vote. Because they know tapping into people's fear sometimes do things that go against their own values. But are we listening to the words that are coming out of fear's mouth? And do we even know the deeper issues behind our fear? According to Welch, there are general themes connected to our fear. First, fear says, I'm in danger. The world around me is a threat to my safety. Second, fear says, I'm vulnerable and I'm not in control. I'm going to lose control of my life. And third, fear says, I might not get the things I think I need. Safety, control, need are the general themes that are behind the fears that, that rule over our hearts. Our hearts are locked up in fear's present self because we fear for our safety, because we fear we're losing control, because we fear our needs won't be met. Many of us are like Charlie Brown, who says even his anxieties have anxiety. Lucy once asked Charlie Brown, how can you be afraid of to be happy? It's because whenever you're too happy, something bad's going to happen. That's how you live your life. You can't even enjoy the peaceful time. You're always looking over your shoulders. Do y'all know what is God's most frequent command in the Bible? Congregation participation time. Stole it from whoever said it. Yes. That occurs over 300 times. It's do not be afraid. Over 300 times. Do not be afraid. In Genesis 15, 1, God says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. 
I'm your shield. You're a very great shield. Genesis 21, 7, God, the God heard the boy crying, and the angel of the Lord said to Hagar from heaven, What's the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies. Joshua 1, 8 says, I have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you forever. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. In Matthew 28.10, after his resurrection, Jesus says to the two Marys, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will. Psalm 34, verses 4 through 6 says, I sought the Lord. He answered. And delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. And their faces should never be ashamed. This poor man cried. And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his trouble. Psalm 46 verses 1 and 2 says. God is our refuge and strength. These are all amen. Do these words comfort you? God is our strength and refuge. A very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives away, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters war and foam, though the mountains tremble at the swelling, we will not fear. CBC Saints, these verses show us God's presence will calm. Again, God's presence. Don't have to be afraid because our triune God is with you. How is He with us? He's with us through Emmanuel. Jesus is God in flesh, blood, the incarnation. It's God's presence with us through Christ. But do we believe that? That's the greatest expression of God's presence with us is the baby Jesus. Jesus has been found in flesh and blood. That is God's presence with us, literally, in flesh and blood. So do we believe that? John 1.14 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory as the only Son of God, as the only Son from God, full of grace and truth. TBC Saints, why can the presence of Jesus calm? Why you can Because why Jesus comes well among It's because of what he does while he dwelt among Why and why he comes and what he does is expressed in Colossians one one verses nineteen twenty. The apostle Paul writes, For in Jesus all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or heaven, making peace. See, Jesus calms our fears by the blood of his cross. For the blood of his cross makes a peace greater. But do you believe? Do you believe? And a peace greater than fear 
Shalom is an Old Testament concept. It means peace. It means well-being. It means harmony. It means soundness. It means health. It means fullness. It means rest. It means wholeness. Shalom is what God gives to those he favors. And shalom only comes through his son, Jesus. You cannot have shalom apart from Jesus. One seminary professor writes, the priest, the peace of Christ is that restoration to wholeness, that shalom, that God provides through the incarnate son for a fallen universe and fractured mankind. Another commentator says, the peace established through Christ is shalom. It's that final state of cosmic restoration. This cosmic restoration is God's process of bringing the entire creation back under his sovereign rule. And this process is happening because of the finished work of Jesus. Please know what Christmas is really about. Cosmic restoration. It ain't just individual salvation. He's making all things. Jesus brings shalom through his shed blood, for he himself is shalom. He is peace. So a peace greater than our fear is a person, not a place, not a thing, not a movement. It's not the American dream. It's not being an American citizen. It's not being a Democrat or a Republican. It's not power, privilege, or prosperity. A peace greater than fear is not your gender, your sexuality, your economic status, your approval of others, your careers, financial freedom, material possessions, American rights, the success of your kids, or wherever. As Ephesians says, for he himself is our peace. And in the Greek, it means him himself is our peace, period. Is Jesus your shalom? Is he your rest? Is he your fullness? Is he your wholeness? Is he your prince of peace? Is he? Where do you go for your happiness? Where do you go for your peace of mind? Where do you go for your clarity? Is either Jesus or thinking? Can't be can't be both hands. Who is your Who is your and the only way Jesus can be your shalom? It's by you having saving faith, not knowing stories. You gotta have. You have. But what does that mean, Pastor? It means you have to surrender your life to Him as Redeemer and Savior, and you have to submit to Him as Lord and King. Not either or. It's both. Both. We love Jesus the Savior and Redeemer because He died for our sins. But Jesus the Lord and King says. Everything you got is mine. Everything you got is mine. That's the Jesus we have a hard time with. Because that Jesus says your money is mine, your material possessions is mine, your time is mine, the hair on your head is mine. Everything you think is yours is actually mine. And if I can't have that, then I can't also be your I'm both. King and Redeemer, I'm Lord. All of it. Having saving faith in me means you get all of it. You have all of it. So confess your mouth of your sins. Believe in your heart that Christ died for you all your sins and was raised on the third day, and then you will be saved. Acts 4.12 says, There is salvation in no one else, 
For there is no other name under heaven given among humanity by which we must be saved. Again, you don't have to go to the Greek to know what that means. There's no other name. Many names will come. Many names will be given. But there's no other names given under heaven by which you can be saved from your Please understand, fears ruling over your heart cannot be disthroned without you having faith. You gotta have faith. Can't bypass Jesus to get to get a peace that's greater than fear. Can't skip Jesus to get shalom. Can't ignore Jesus to get freedom from living in fear. Faith in Jesus is what's first is needed. That's what lets him in. What gets him into your life. And then Jesus opens the presence cell of your fear from the outside. Do you believe that? And guess what he does after opening the cell? Do you think he, he comes to your cell, open the gate, and say, Come on, you're free now. Come on, you come out, out now. No, he joins you. That doesn't comfort you. It's one thing for me to get free from my fears, but a Savior that says, I'm going to come in the cell with you, sit down with you in that cell before I release you. That's a different picture. So that shows you that Jesus is not a Savior from a distance. He's up close and personal. I'm going to get in the mess with you. I'm going to sit in the hole with you. I'm going to comfort you in it. I'm going to minister to you while you're in it. That's a different picture. Now, for me, i just throw you a rope and pull you out because I don't want to get dirty. But Jesus says, I'm going to get dirty with you. Is that the Jesus you love? Is that the Jesus you grew up knowing? The one who gets dirty with your mess. The one who comes in your field. He joins us in the cell. He sits down with us in our fear. He draws close to us in our fear. He ministers to us in our fear. Think about it like this. Jesus is in the pot hole with that is a hallelujah, hallelujah in the house. He's in the foxhole. And after joining you in the foxhole, he steps out of it. He begins to dethrone the fears that rule of our heart by replacing it with his peace. Peace greater than fear. John 14, 27 says, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Again, so do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The peace that he leaves and gives is shalom. He gives us harmony. He gives us soundness. He gives us fullness. He gives us rest. He gives us wholeness. We can cast all of our anxieties upon him because Jesus cares for us up close and personal, not for my ivory tower. Where's that come Peace greater than fear. Perfect. Things of peace greater than fear can rule in our hearts. Holy Spirit enable us to live in the truth of what Christ's work on the cross had to accomplish for us. Did you know that his work on the cross, it did something. It brought something. First, in Christ, we no longer have to live in fear of God's 
That's a huge amen statement there. Amen. Amen. That's the greatest Christmas gift of all. I no longer have to live in fear of God. We have peace with God. You have peace with God. No fear. No fear of living in fear of his judgment and wrath. No fear of, of, of being condemned by him. No fear of when you read the word and the word is just, just a source of judgment. No more fear of that. We live in peace with God because through Christ, you say faith in him, we are reconciled to God. Romans 5, 1 says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord. Think about that, saints. You don't have to work. All you got to do is receive. All you got to do is receive. How many of you trying to still earn peace with God? Being good, trying to be perfect, trying to legalism, that ain't enough. You got to understand, what gives you death is required to get peace with God. And that death is good. Your death is not good enough. Your work is good Jesus, he did that. So a peace greater than fear allows us to live with God in a peaceful, loving relationship where we call him Father, he calls Beloved daughter, beloved that's who you are. Even as you struggle with fear, you can still struggle with fear, saying hallelujah in hell because my struggles with fear does not change my identity. I am still his beloved. He has peace with God. Do you and there's more. One Christian theologian says, the peace that God seeks is is, is a peace that not only applies to humans in their relationship to God, but also to humans in their relationship with one another. Hence the mandate for social justice. And to humans in their relationship with the natural world. Hence the mandate for biblically oriented environmental. Do you see the connection? That it, 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 the peace that God gives us is peace with God, and it should be worked itself out in how we live our life amongst other people, how we navigate creation. We have peace with other people through Jesus Christ. Do you believe? We no longer have to live in fear of them, in fear of their rejection and approval, in fear of their opinions of us. A peace greater than fear allows us to live amongst people in peace. This happens within the church. church. Ephesians 4, verses 3 through 6 says, Make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit and bond. This either happens in our interpersonal relationships. Romans 12, 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peacefully with all. How can that be possible? Of Jesus. Because of him. Who do you fear? Who are you in relationship? 
out with that you fear? Who you really don't want to see over Christmas break? Now, sometimes it's people that we fear have done bad things. That's legitimate. And like I said, I'm not psychotic. Some things that happen to us have really been done. And we may need professional help. So not using this as, as a general term to gloss over everything that you're afraid of. Some things that we're afraid of is a reflection of our trauma. We may need professional help to deal with it. Finally, we have peace with ourselves. Do you have inner peace? Do you have a hard time speaking? No longer do we have to live in fear of our past, present, or the future. No longer do we have to live in fear of what has happened or what might happen. No longer do we have to live in fear of our mistakes, our failures, our weaknesses. Fear, a peace that gives, a peace that's greater than fear, allows us to experience a peace, rest, contentment, security. Because we're trusting in Jesus. We're believing that He is actually sovereign in our life, even in the hard things that we're going through. There's a difference between struggling with fear and living in fear. There's a big difference. You're going to struggle with it, but when you live in it, you are a slave to it. It owns you. But when you struggle with it, you're fighting it. You're fighting it through through the power of the Holy Spirit to believe that Jesus is actually with you in the cell. Do you believe he's actually with you? Do you believe he actually? Do you believe he's in peace? You either going to rest in peace or you're going to spend your life trying to work for it. Which one? I, I say work harder. Rest. Right. One of the ways we can do that. Want inner peace? You want to have peace with yourself? Cultivate a good Ephesians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious by anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. Passes all understanding. He will guard your heart. You don't even got to guard your own heart. But you do got to pray. When it comes to peace with God, peace with other people, peace with yourself, you have to learn to pray. Learn to bend in it. And now we can struggle with fear without living it. We can shout hallelujah anyhow as we struggle with fear. We can shout hallelujah anyhow as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fearing no evil. Why? Because Jesus is our shalom. Remember the song I quoted earlier. Fighting this deadly war, Satan tries to conquer our soul through pain, through fear, through storms, through, through fear, through everything. The battle wages on and on and on. So your promises are yes. I believe you will do what you say. My trust in you will not waver. 
My victory is guaranteed because you remain the same. No matter what comes our way, hallelujah, anyhow. So until our night turns to day, hallelujah, anyhow. As we struggle with fear this upcoming week, you can say hallelujah, anyhow, because Jesus is in Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That you are not a savior from a distance. You are not a high priest who sits in the ivory tower, but you are one who gets down in the middle. You are the one who's not afraid to get his hands dirty. You come and draw close to us in all of our insecurities, in all of our broken places. You come and minister. My prayer, Lord, is that you will go with us. Remind us. Pray for those who are here who who are dealing with fears that are maybe associated with mental health. Pray that you will give them strength and courage. Let someone in seek professional help. Pray for those who are here who may be dealing with fear because of past trauma, or current trauma. Pray, Lord, you give them courage. I need to go. All of our fears are not the same. All of our fears are not equal. Lord, you are the same. I pray that whatever type of fear that has our hearts in captivity, you, because your goodness, because you came, because you were shalom, because you are our you will give us what we need. Get killed. Pray for all of this. Thanks for you. Please stand as we close.
Todd to pull out our guest on. Also, after service, uh, First Step Nursery and Village Kids will have their Christmas party and the fellowship hall. And also, thank you again to the kids who participated in worship. And I also want to uh, thank the youth ministry for the three picnic tables they built for us. So if you haven't seen them, check them out uh, after the service. Now here's God's benediction to his beloved. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we all can ask us and according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. And all God's people. Amen. Please greet one another, saints.